Amen, amen. And so this morning, <clears throat> uh, the foundational scripture that I have for you comes from 1 John chapter 2. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 2, and it comes with verse 15 through 17. So if you have your Bibles with you, great. If not, you can look at the screen, but I believe you got to have the word on you to have it in you. You got to have the word on you to have it in you. We were having Bible study one night, and uh, it was funny because I was about to, I was pulling out a scripture, and literally in my backpack beside me, I went up my Bible in a heartbeat. It was like he's with him, yes, because I believe that to have the word in you, you got to have it on you. Amen. So if you have it on you, that's great. If not, and you have whether it's the kind that you turn or you swipe, either one is fine. If you have either, you want to pair Bible in your hand. There's ones at the end of the aisles. Just don't write in it because we use it for everybody else. Amen. Amen. So the scripture starts, and we meet it at John, 1 John 2, verse 15. And it says, do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh the des and the desires of the eyes and pride of self, of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Let's, let's, let's stop for a second just remember that. No matter what your desires of the world are, the world and the world is passing away along with its desires. Those things are fleeting. Those things aren't permanent. Desiring what the world desires is fleeting because it will pass away like anything else. But, say but, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let us pray. Lord, help our desires align with yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So I pray that all of you have had a joyous, thank you, my brother. A joyous and, and, and good time for the holiday. I pray that you had good food and good fellowship. I pray that you were able to, to, to really have a good time. And I know some of you, you know, whether it was Thursday or Friday or Saturday or some of y'all, all three of those days, because I know people who do the Thanksgiving tour, you get the meals every single time. Take a plate on your way to the next meal. But I pray you had a good time with that. But it's interesting to me because Thanksgiving is the only holiday I know where you can get judged for eating one plate. You go in for one plate and they'd be like, what's wrong, baby? You okay? I'm good. I'm taking my time. Okay, well, make sure you get two or three more plates. And you're like, I'm going to try. But any other time, they'd be like, why are you eating so much? But Thanksgiving, you get judged for not eating enough. Y'all ever noticed that? It's the kind of time where you can eat too much and that's okay. But I find that this interesting feeling on the way to being filled when you eat and when you're full beyond capacity, when you're too full, there's an interesting internal feeling that you have, internal moment. And so this week, we are continuing our seasons series, and we use Ephesians 3 as our foundational scripture that talks about there is a time for everything and a season for every activity. And we look at how we navigate, operate, and thrive in whatever season we're in. But, but, but this morning, I want to look at the difference 
between living a life filled with the presence, power, and love of God versus a life that is full of the busyness of the world. So with the time I have, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do because those you can refer to when you're not in the place, the message I'm giving comes from the title, Full versus Field. Full versus Field. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Let's start with the basics. Those of you who have been around know that I love a starting point. I love a definition. I love making sure we're all on the same page. So I want to start with that thing. I want to start with, with that. And what I also want you to understand is that at the end of this message, I'm going to go and give you the main point. The main reason for the message, the main thing I want you to take away from this message, that I want you to take away one thing from this message that I want you to ask yourself. Are you filled or just full? Are you filled or just full? At the end of this message, I want you to be able to ask that, self, ask that to yourself and answer that question. Are you filled or just full? Now, what do I mean by, by full? What do I mean by full? Here is the definition of full for this, for this context of this message. Full is a life that is connected to things or experiences that disconnect you from God. It's a life that is connected to things or experiences. It's things you connect to or things you do that disconnect you from God. It's those things in your life where you feel like, I'm so full, if somebody adds something else to my plate, that's just the thing. It's like when you eat so much food, it's like it doesn't matter what the food is, whether, even if you like the certain meal or like the certain thing, that you're so full that you're like, the thought of eating that makes you sick. It's the same way in life. Like, you don't see promotion as a good thing, you see it as more work. You don't see fellowship as a good thing, you see it as another task. You don't see... Eating as something you like, you see the time it takes to do it. You don't see extra things as the benefits. You see it as a hindrance and something you don't like. It's like I should talk to that person, but in my mind, that's just something else to do. You don't see the things that God has called for you as a benefit. You see it as a liability. You see it as taking up capacity that you don't have. That is full. Now, what do I mean by Filled. Filled is different. Filled is a life that is connected to things or experiences that connect you to God or strengthen you with God. When you're filled, it means that the things you have allow you to go be connected more with God. The things you have bring you more joy. Even though it might be tiring, you still feel better about it as you do it. it that when you feel means that even though it's in your life, you don't feel like you're at capacity. You just feel like you're not empty. When you feel like you're filled, you feel the fact that you're satisfied but not overrun. That's a field life. Field lives are fueled by satisfaction. You, you feel satisfied. You feel content. You feel good in a field life. Full life, you feel burdened. But field life, you feel like those possibilities are endless. Let me give you a better example. Let me give you an illustration of field versus full. So we have two of the exact same containers. They're the same in size, same in shape, and these represent the lives we live. 
Now, these pitchers, these jars, they're made specifically for a reason. They're made with a spigot on the front on both so that whatever inside can come out. In the same way, God has made us so that whatever he pours in us, we can pour it out to others. That is our design. That is how we are. That is what we're supposed to be about. And so we'll take our lives, and so we'll be in a place where we'll be filled. And Keon, give me a hand for a second, please. Let's give it up for Keon. I realize I got a mic in my hands, so he's going to be off my hands. So if you could take the lids off both these jars. You see, God has a place where he wants to fill us. And so he'll take what he has in us, what he has, and he'll pour it in our lives. And we'll, we'll start to get a little full. Can you pour this one in there first? And he'll pour into our lives, to the place where we're, we're at the brim. Keep going. You know what? Go ahead and pull the other one in there too. Till you get to the edge down here. If it'll work. It would protect it as he put it, as he pours it. There you go. Just an amazing pour. Look, God is gifting you, giving you a gift of pouring. Look at that's just a man. All right, that's great. And so with this, you see it's full to the brim. It's got it's fulfilled, but it's, it's full. There's nothing else that can go in there. It is full as, at its capacity. And so that's what God has for us. I'm going to put this on just so it doesn't fall out. But then in life, we take on the things that are important based upon the world. And we'll use these in, as an example. These are golf balls. Now, the thing about golf balls is the fact that these are important in the, in the context of a sport. You can't play golf without these things. These are the main things that dictate the skill and ability you have on a golf course. It depends on how hard you hit this. How, the, the, the measure of how you operate with this is how you operate in the game. It has value. It has purpose. It has whatever it needs, and it's important. But we'll take things in life that have importance, and we'll just fill ourselves with these things. Do me a favor. Fill this jar with that. And so we're being filled with things that are important, whether it's, whether it's the job or keeping relationships or, 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 or doing all these things, these tasks that need to be done. We'll, we'll keep them and we'll, keep, we'll fill it in our lives. Keep going. Keep going. And the thing is, is that as people, we have a large capacity. So there's a lot of things that we can hold and we can be and we can fill ourselves with. And you see, just like anything else, we can be filled on all these things. We can do all these things, and, and, and we feel like we're doing a bunch because we have a bunch of stuff that's just in our lives. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Here is the, the thing I want to make sure you understand. This is a filled life. This is a full life. How can you tell the difference? It's because one, here, hold this underneath. With one, you can pour out in other people. In the other, there's nothing to give. You think you're full and full of any things, but God is like, listen, you are just full of nothing when I filled you with something to give. Some of you think that you are filled up. And here's the thing, the thing that's, even cra that's even crazier, right? Pour this in there. 
Now, God can pour into your life, and God can make you feel like you're getting full, and he can pour a lot. He can pour so much. Stop there. But when it comes to pouring out into people, you can give, but that give starts to trickle out and become a limit. And you're like, God, why am I not giving as much as I thought? It's because you were, fi- you were full of stuff that's not of God, but when it comes to giving, the limit, it runs, ra- it runs dry and runs out. Take that. The point that I'm making is that some of you think you're operating in a filled life, but you're really in a full life. Some of you think that you are filled with things of God and that God is able to do more because, again, when it's God, it doesn't matter. Make sure I get the right angle on this. Woo. <laughs> you can pour out unlimited. And it doesn't matter what you pour out because whatever comes out, God can still fill up more. It doesn't matter. No matter what's going on, God can always replenish. When you're full of here, there's nothing to replenish because it's maxed out. That is a filled life versus a full life. Thank you, Keon. Do you understand that? When you have a filled life, there's indicators. The indicators, you have three indicators. There's strength, there's sturdiness, and there is stability. When you have a full life, there is strength because that picture is being used the way it's supposed to be used. It's used in the manner in which God has designed it. It can pour out as much as it gets poured into it. it can, its purpose is to be filled and to fill others. That is its main purpose, and it's able to do that with strength and not be tired and not be drained and not be whatever because it knows as much as I pour out, God can pour just as much back in. There is strength, sturdiness, and stability, while the indicators for a full life is stress, strain, and stumbling. You're wondering why people are, are why you found it to be a drag on people because, because you can't be poured into because you're already full of stuff that's important but not of God. And when you do pour out, it drains you. you it can't be added to. The capacity is low. While you're full of stuff, your capacity to be used by God is low. So with that understanding, I want to show you a biblical understanding of full versus filled. I want to show you two people who one was filled and one was full and how they operated in a biblical sense. And so if we look at Luke 10, Luke 10, we, we meet two people, a woman named Martha and a woman named Mary. In verse 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary, called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, do, did you care, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You see, one of the things you can see from the scripture is that Martha opened her surroundings to God, but not herself. God, Martha welcomed her, opened her home to her, but opened her home to Jesus. But when Jesus came in, she was more concerned about the task, not the man. 
Write this down. Task for God do not equal time with God. Tasks for God, with God in mind, things that you're thinking about, well, God, you told me to do this, so I need to do these things, does not equal the same as time with God. We want to do church work thinking that saves our salvation. God's like, no, it's not about the work. It's about working with me. I know plenty of people who are members and, and staff of churches who haven't read their Bibles in months because they're busy. Who see church as just a workplace, not a place of revelation, not a place of growth, not a place of movement. Martha was good to let the disciples in. Martha was good to welcome, but Martha's first thing was to work, not be with God. Martha was full, but Mary was being filled. You see... Martha was working, but Mary decided to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to Jesus. You see, when you are filled, you make Jesus the foundation of what you do. Even if there's tasks, when you are filled, you make Jesus the first priority. You make Jesus the foundation of your operation. Everything, you have a task, but you put Jesus first in that task. Lord, I got to do this list. I got this to-do list, but let me put you first in this list. Let me make sure the things I'm doing are honoring you. Let me make sure the things I'm doing are, are going according to your word. Let me make sure the things I do align with your character and your heart. You see, Mary knew the stuff had to be done, but she was like, I need Jesus first. I need to sit and rest in Jesus and not just walk past Jesus and say what's up as I'm doing something else. When you are full, like Martha the people who aren't working hard enough get on your nerves, too. You saw that. Mary got on Martha's nerves. And you're like, don't you see me out here working? I love it. That's all the thing where he was like, it was like black, folks will be, black folks won't say, help me. They'll say, don't you see me struggling? I'm sure Martha was like, Mary, don't you see me doing this prep work? for you? I got disciples and Jesus in my house. Do you not see me doing this work? Do you not see me do it? And Mary's just sitting there like, I see you, but I see God. I see the kingdom. And I love it, too, that Martha tried to get Jesus to rebuke Mary. He didn't, she didn't say anything to Mary. She said, Jesus, don't you see Mary not working? Tell her to help. Write this down. Being full will have your inter you interceding with the wrong heart. She went to Jesus about Mary, but not in the right heart. She went to Jesus to kind of get Jesus to help and to get Mary to do the work, but your heart behind it wasn't the right thing. Sometimes we're praying for people without the right heart. You've got to have God's heart, God's alignment, God's forgiveness, God's love when you pray for people. I'm going to tell you a secret that I don't think people want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you to you right here. Just, you know, just to be out of the secret, okay? Just keep between us. You ready? People are going to disappoint you. People are going to fall short. People aren't going to do what you want them to do. But praying to God to make them isn't the way. Don't pray for the person. Pray for their heart. And pray for your heart in the time being as well. Martha was like, Jesus, fix it. Fix her. And Jesus was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes when you pray with the wrong heart, God deals with your heart first. 
God deals with you first. Lord, why did they get that promotion over me? Well, why do you think they did? Why does that bother you? Why did they get that and I didn't? Why does that bother you? Well, it don't bother me. Apparently, it does. Do you not think I have something for you? Do you not think I, the time isn't coming for you? Do you not think, do you think that my blessings have a quota that aren't repeatable? No. God, God said, no, don't do that. Pray with a clean heart. Play with a godly heart. Pray for other people with the heart you want somebody to pray for you with. But I love Jesus' response. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will, be, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus said, yes, there are things to do, but not as much as you think. For those of you who are list takers and, 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 and task doers, I need to tell you that everything you think is a task is not necessarily a task. Sometimes the list ain't that long. And if you give it to God, God will give you the sermon on what's important and what's not important. You will make a list that is going. And again, I want to talk to people. I want to talk to the Jew listers. I want to talk to people who make their own list. I want to tell you. It says in the Word, it says in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. It had to be made, so there's always a to-do list. But that to-do list is not worth your life. Now, listen, he, he says there has to be things done, but, it, but he said back to you, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Write this down. Your list isn't worth your life. Your list isn't worth your health. It's not worth your well-being. It's not worth your mental state. It's not worth anything else. It's not worth the people around you. Your list is not worth your life. Some of you drive, drive the worth you have based upon the things you get done on your list. And I'm going to tell you that God has justified you. Christ has made your life worth it. Not a list. Not the work. Not the task. Not those things. It's not the list that gives you definition. It's not the list that gives you just whatever. It is the work in God that does. Don't be fooled. The list is not going to save you. Only Christ will. So how do you pursue it? Because you understand that God cares more about the worker than the work itself. So how do you pursue life? Well, there's three, I'm going to give you three things on how to pursue life. Amen? How to pursue a filled life. The first one is give God his time. In Matthew 6, verse 3, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Seeking first the kingdom isn't, it isn't easy. It isn't convenient, but it is necessary. Some of you think more about what you got to do for the day than, what, what, than how you're going to commune with God. Your first thought is all the things I got to do, not the Father that's given me the ability to do them. Give God the first time. And I get it. Some of you are not morning people. My wife is a morning person. I am not. But I still try my best to give God my time, not in a multitasking way, but to give God the time that is his. I'll be real. My best time with God is in the shower. 
Like my wife can attest that, when, that in the bathroom she hears either, either sermons, scriptures, or just me straight praying. Like, and, and so we, we lose hot water because I'm in the shower too long. Because sometimes you go into God and you just be in the moment. You just lose track of all time. That's a, that's a, you, you just pray about one thing next you know it's two hours later. I know I would, though. But, but that's the thing, though. It's give God his time first before anything else. Second, and this is a dirty word for some of y'all, okay? Add rest. Add rest. On your to-do list, add rest to your to-do list. I love it. He says in Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and slowly in heart and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of you think that rest is something that is not good for you or able to you or you don't deserve rest. I'm telling you, even God rested on the seventh day. Rest is important. Rest will have you ready for the next thing. Rest will have you ready for the task. You will fumble a bunch of tasks if you are unrested. The things you do are ineffective if you're not fully there for God. If you spend your time just weary task to task, then you are being lackadaisical in task and task, which means you are not doing the best in your task. Take you a nap. Get you a rest day. Do something that brings life. God has wired you to work, but also to worship. To push, but also to praise. To get, but also to give. You see, God has wired you in both. And sometimes we think that God won't do one if we don't do the other. And I'm like, no, God has wired you for both. And God blesses you through both. We can, you, there's so much you can get done in a day. But there's so much more you can get done if you put God first and if you add rest to that. Whenever I work out, whenever I do something, they talk about the fact that what helps you rest when you work out is not the lifting, but the rest breaks in between. Because if you lift and you don't rest, your body can't give you enough to get for the next thing. So if you take the time to rest in between sets, that means you can do more between, with each set. In the same way, if you take time to rest between things and go to God with that rest, you can do more and be more efficient, more effective, and get them done sooner and quicker if you're rested. Add rest. And number three is focus on what feels. Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Sometimes when you are full, you think more about yourself and how it affects you. A full life is inwards, it's centered, it's more about how these things affect me, but a filled life thinks about the things of God. It thinks about whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is holy. Your mindset, fill your things with things of God. Fill your heart with things of God. Don't fill it with things that are just worldly things. Fill it with godly things. Fill it with the presence of God, the power of God, the might of God. When you are filled, that is what God wants you to be filled with. You are made to be filled with God's presence, God's power, and those things that are godly. In conclusion, I, the point I wanted you to ask yourself is, 
Am I full or am I filled? And I think some of you right now are seeing that you live more of a full life than a filled. But I want to tell you something. And, and the scripture hit me a little earlier, so it's not in my notes, but that's okay. Ephesians 3, verse, end of 17 says, 17 says, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. When you are filled with God, you are filled with the full measure. God doesn't halfway fill you. God doesn't halfway pour into you. God fully pours into you. When your heart is to live a life that is filled and not just full, God can do more than you can imagine. We want to be filled we, but we live a life that is full. Full with things that really don't matter. Full of things that, while they have importance, aren't important for how God made us to be. God wants you to be filled with every brim and not just full of stuff. Filled means you're satisfied. Full means you're discontent because no matter what, You'll never be able to pour out to anybody else. And if you can't pour out, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you can't pour out, then you're ineffective in the kingdom. Filled people are affected in his kingdom. And if you're effective in his kingdom, God will use you more. Full people have a limit. In this time, in this season, in this place, pursue being filled and not full. And I can tell you this. Just like again it says, just like again it says in Matthew, in Matthew 11, come to me all who labor and are heavy hearted, heavy laden. If you are full, you can give that fullness to Christ and he will take it every time. And he will move you to a filled place. If you right now are asking yourself, am I full or am I filled? And you recognize that you are full and you need prayer to be filled, the altar is open for you. Whether you're a member or not, whether you're first time or not, whether it's anything, if you have a desire for prayer this morning because, you live, because you've been living a full life and not a filled one, you are welcome to come for prayer. So glad you could join us for today's worship. We hope that you will visit us again, follow us on our social media platforms, and if today's message was a blessing for you, you can go to our Hungry Church YouTube page and watch the service again and even share it with your friends. Be blessed and stay hungry.